Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. All right, Alice. I hope All you're ready. All right, I'm ready. Okay. Go get the pizza pockets. They're done now. You can eat them. Tell Uncle Jimmy to get them. Okay. Go or James. Okay. Or James. Tell him I said to get them right now. I don't care. Tell uh, tell James them they have to feed you. Tell him Daddy said he has to feed you right now. <laughs> when does he like respect boundaries? Happy Wednesday. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Um, Alice, I'm going to need in this, I'm going to need everybody involved here, everybody listening, mm-hmm. and you as well, Alice. Yes. I need you. This is a true creative session. Okay. A true creative session. Okay. We had an incident this evening. <clears throat> we did? I still hear the music. Just very quietly. <laughs> That's doesn't matter. Okay. Here's my incident. Telling you. Okay. I st- seriously only hear me out of one ear. This is check one. Check one. Check one. Check one. Trish wants to know why the phrase is check one too. I don't know. It's a good question. Well, it's a <laughs> mic check, I guess. Um, I don't know. But you know, the the, the thing is, is that. You've got to say something that everybody's going to know is something benign and is the thing you say to test Mike so people know mm-hmm. exactly what you're doing. Because um, if I say, um, hey, good afternoon, it's Tom Shattuck, hope we are all having a sunny day, there could be some people, some engineers, some people in control rooms who are like, does he think we're on? Or or are we on? Or mm-hmm. so, so check, and a lot of people, it's something that you do and it, it's it's something that, You've just got to get done. Right. And it's like checking the mics is part of the grunt work of any setup and for the engineers, for the host, for the whatever. And so a lot of people who aren't in radio think it's very amusing. 
but it's <laughs> really not. It's like just the most boring part of making sure software is working. And now I'm saying check one because I'm only getting me through one ear. Are you getting me through both ears? Yeah, it's picking up in both. I'm just this is a headphones issue, which is worrisome. <clears throat> okay. Hold on. Let me see. Let me so. Hold on. Um, are you going to mess with it more? And I'm in both ears. Morgan wants to know if a ghost comes in our studio every night and changes all our levels and why anyone would ever touch the pan. No, well, the pan is because there's a line here that just pulled it. Some things, what I've got here is I, you want to know the whole story. I pushed the Comrex, which is the remote thing I use for the radio, way to the mm -hmm. edge because I'm off this week. I pushed the mixer to the left. I pushed my computer to the left because I was going to use a mouse because I was going to play video games against my brother and my son. But, of course, I my, my can't play video games. So things have been well, slightly... And this is why people usually have one big console, but it is what it's it is. It's also why people normally try and play video games on PCs, not Macintosh computers. Well, well I, so I don't really know that until today, that that, that mm -hmm. was a thing that couldn't happen. I tried to play essentially <laughs> a new kind of Call of Duty, and it just wouldn't ha what happen. Although it says it works with the Mac, but... This is an old Mac. This is a 10 years old. Um, so that's why the, the, the check one, two thing works. So now check one, two, it's working. Mm -hmm. So so here's where I'm going to need everybody's thinking. Okay. Today, because I'm sending the other mixer back, as you remember, the Mac, Mackie mixer is going to heaven. Um, my wife has one of the um, five uh, remaining printers in the Northeast. <laughs> That she uses because she prints out material for if you if you work for any Republican Party in the state, Alice Shattuck is the print shop, the official print <laughs> shop for not, Republican state committees in town. Not true. So, so I print uh, and so her printer, so her printer, she's supposed to get a subscription for magenta toner, and we don't have any. <laughs> so I had to go somewhere today and get toner, mm -hmm. which was fun looking for it. There was approximately six rows of toner. 186 boxes of magenta toner. The last box of the last row is where I found this. Okay. But that's not even did the point. Did you do the thing? The point, so so I did. Uh, I have it. It's somewhere. Huh? But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. So I went into an establishment today because we're out of stuff for... We need greens and stuff to eat for, for our weight loss program. Mm -hmm. So I got some pork belly from a place and some stuff and some soda seltzer and some silk milk whatever it's called mm -hmm. soy milk and so because this particular establishment doesn't seem to have baskets you can carry around and i didn't want to have a bring a total carriage with me i just you know roughed it i just Carried held the stuff, stuff as much as possible mm -hmm. yes and sometimes like today i was out of arm space mm -hmm. i got big stuff going on so i put an item in my pocket <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. And then I checked out. I needed a dude to help me because I got you seltzers, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. I checked out, and I went to the car, and then I, I remembered that the whole reason I had gone there was to get something, the computer item. I went back in, got that, went back, whatever. I just stopped, dropped my daughter off somewhere, and I reached in my pocket to make sure I had the key fob to the car in that particular pocket, and... Um, in uh, was came out came this <laughs> you Your Honor, stole a bag of avocados. I present you with a bag of five avocados. This bag of avocados, <laughs> Alice, has not been paid for. <laughs> oh, are you gonna go back? Well, this is why I need your help. This has not been paid for. This is from a larger chain, I would say, but fair to say. Okay. 
and a chain that's not been that's not been uh, immune to looting. As a matter of fact, there was a very well. You just funny, looted it. Today. Hold on, hold on. Okay. There was a very kind of comical sign in the bathroom that says, um, "Like shoplifting can negatively <laughs> impact your life." But I didn't know that. Somebody asked in the chat how a bag of five avocados fit in your pocket without suspicion, which is actually a good question. I did think it was going to be like a a juice box or something small. No, the avocados I shoved in my my winter jacket pocket, which is kind of a huge pocket. It's full of other crud, like stuff for like like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm a marsupial, Alice. What do you want to hear? So anyway, so it's very dark in this room. So anyway, so now I found the avocado. Yeah. So during my ride home, I'm thinking to myself, what are the ways that I can rationalize not paying for these? Because right now, this is a net win. I mean, I, I have think you should go back the, and offer oh, to pay that, for them. That's not the question. <laughs> the question is this. And actually, I've got no personal beef with this store, which is making this difficult. I think you should go there, back the, and else, pay. I, I'm not asking that question. <laughs> okay. That question's been adjudicated already. <laughs> so what I need from you uh-huh. is to use our creativity from you, Alice, and from you guys to mm-hmm. use our combined creativity and give me a rational reason why I should not return these. I want, I need a good and solid reason. So now, so now, so this is all I've got so far. I did spend like 80 bucks there today. That's a lot of money. I mean, yeah, but that's probably what, like five or six dollars of avocados? I don't know, probably a little bit less, I think, but maybe four. We'll say four. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so. What's the rationalization I can use? Because Tom Shattuck won one today. You know, no, when Tom Shattuck almost always shoplift. loses, um, there's no problem there. You know, when the Mackie people stick it to me, there's no problem there. Today, it looks like I'm on the winning end of this situation. I don't really, I'm going to have a hard time coming up with stuff for you because I think you should pay for the avocados. Morgan, if you're in the Tops supermarket or up in uh, St. Johnsbury, there's a J.C. Penny, and let's say they forget to ring you up. What is the reason you come up with? I don't think most By of the our way, listeners are By the way, if you look bees. from coast to coast, there's a lot of looting happening right now. This is not a flat screen TV. This is for the bare sustenance of my young family. Mostly I'll be eating these. It's one of the reasons I didn't lose any weight in the last 10 days is because I've been rocking avocados. But but bear sustenance. Mm-hmm. It's a low dollar item, Alice. Not that There's low. a chance they would have gone bad and been sent back. Probably they would have. Let's be honest. Tommy in New Hampshire says, just bring the receipt and tell them you noticed you didn't pay for them and have some class, Thomas. <laughs> Eject him from the... Um, <laughs> virtual listening room tommy tommy in massachusetts has a chance to win a day finally win a day (laughs) morgan says it's their fault for having stupid employees that don't notice five huge avocados (laughs) bulging in your jacket he makes a very good point 
Matter of fact, this could be a teachable lesson for them. Yeah, follow so, around the people with the this big is, baggy jackets. This is jacket. essentially Darwinism to show them that they need to get better at this loss prevention. Mm. It's like being a secret shopper. And I was like a secret shopper. They've got to know. And by the way, where's the guy not checking my receipts? They shouldn't be patting people down when they're walking out of this. <laughs> For avocados. <laughs> I'm embarrassed, to be honest with you. Remember the time we got the, um, what did we get, the broom one time? What did we, t- we got something big. Oh, you remember the big haul. Oh. Yeah, that actually wasn't even our fault, but. Right, that was a big haul. Oh, that was a big haul. The kids haul. screwed up bringing us up and accidentally, I think, voided the sale in yeah. the middle of the sale. And I kept saying to him, I'm like, I don't think you really put the sale through. And he was like, no, no, I did. And yeah. I was like, I like pulled up my bank account. I was like, I don't see a charge yet. And he's like, you will in the next few days. Don't worry about it. Seriously. And like it never, the charge never showed up. So he just, voided. that was a bit, that was probably mm-hmm. like $150 of like kids clothes and stuff at like a Kohl's or a Kmart or something. It doesn't matter which one, Alice. Uh-huh. There's no need to flag anybody. So there you go. So I'm looking for rationalizations as to why this is perfectly all right. There was no, I had no child there witnessing this, although my daughter did see me find them in my, as I dropped her off tonight to her mm-hmm. play date or whatever it is. But, um, so there you go. Also, you know what, Alice? Mm-hmm. Think of all the shopping I do at this place. Which place is I it? I go to a, this place a lot. It, Alice, the... The place where you always go. One of the places I always go. Okay. Right. Not owned by um, a Greek family. That's not that place. Not that place. No. It's owned by another family. <laughs> <laughs> Far away from here. <laughs> so let me know. That's So that's my thing right now. And you never know, Alice. Like, that's as brazen as it probably gets for me. You know, usually I steal free stuff. Yeah, like napkins from napkin dispensers and exactly. things like that. That kind of thing. I didn't steal this. I walked out you unknowingly. You did steal it. No, I didn't know. I would never have done it. Yeah, and but you're choosing not to pay them now, so you it's stealing. I'm being told that I shouldn't. Dave morning. says you should go back and buy another bag of avocados and ring it up twice. I will go and buy another bag of avocados. Dave? Who's Dave? In the chat. Is Dave usually in the chat? Sometimes, yeah. Oh. I think it's Dave in Florida, maybe. Oh, okay. So there you go. Okay. Now, one other thing. Um, Wasn't this lady from from Libs of TikTok is great and pretty, too? The one who was on Tucker? Yeah, the one was on Tucker. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the audio. Do you? Do you? Do no, you care? Not. Anyway, she was good. She was good. And I, this is what I was thinking of while I was walking in, within twenty feet of the avocados. I was thinking, what's the main reason why they want to ban her? Libs of TikTok. Yes. Why do they want to ban her? Um. Well, she's been like one of the most effective voices on this like teacher school. Yeah, but not really. Stuff. They've been the people who are putting out videos of themselves talking about pride flags in the classrooms and right. the and right. the um, her passing on the stuff that they do is one of the most effective things. Right. So so she's amplifying that that. So is it that is it that they feel that they're the butt of a joke that they can't really 
that the that the movement is the butt of a joke that they can't really be responded to in a it's indefensible is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um I, I'm sure there's some people on the left who actually just feel that it's a it's just that that the trans situation is very serious life and death and there are some true believers and that, you know, mocking these people or mocking some people is just is um irresponsible and cruel. I'm sure some people think that. But really, it's once again, it's just amplifying their own voices by and right. large. And, and I think also because it exposes, you know, where they would really like the movement to go in the longer term, right? Because one of the things that the left does is that they love to claim that, um, you know, you're being unreasonable and that the stuff that you're putting out there is a straw man and there's no such thing as a slippery slope. But as we've obviously seen in the time that we've gone from gay marriage being legal, which was in 2016, wasn't it? Or what year was that? I guess so. Yeah. Um, that that we've gone to like this, to like the in, this, in the Are classroom this stuff. In yes, I am. What the freak is going on with this? I think the power cord is just a little bit up. Oh, I see. The power cord. Yeah, I think it's the power cord that needs to be not t- like n- not bent or whatever. Oh, okay. Um but anyway, the the whole thing is that the that they, there is a slippery slope. What they actually want is so much further from what they say that they want at the time. Like, we just want to be allowed to get married. We just want to be allowed. But, like, actually, they want to talk to your kid about cutting their breasts off in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they actually want. And, like, they want stuff that's probably even further along than that. But they want to be able to claim that that's, like, not real or just fringe or you're imagining it or whatever. Right? And so they... It, it behooves them to not let that stuff get out there. Right. And like a lot of this stuff, I was seeing a lot more of the more extreme trans stuff. Cause as you know, like I'm friends with from high school and college, a lot of people who are a lot further left on these issues. So I could like tell this is where the gay marriage stuff was going anyway, a while back. Right. And the, it, they absolutely they're the second they get the next thing that they want, they'll just push to try and go further. Right. And that's the problem with them is that there's no there's no limiting principle or boundary on any of this. So they hate when you show other people the more extreme stuff because they're trying to tell you this is just about, you know, like the teacher who's gay having a picture of him and his husband on his desk at school. Or well, something. now, do those believe people believe that? Do they believe it's about basic fundamental gay rights the normies are they do. blind to the to normal what the, the encroachment of the uh, extremism when it comes to this um, the normal people in the sort of like on the middle left the people who changed their minds between like 2008 when obama was elected and now which is a significant portion of the country right the those normal people are like oh yeah well i guess it is just love is love you know like mm-hmm. it's okay but showing those people what the activists really want and what they really say when they think they're in a friendly environment, that's deadly to their movement. It's absolutely toxic for them. So that's what's so dangerous to them is it's like mixing the world. They don't want normal people seeing that stuff. I also think that they thought TikTok was like Tumblr where they had like free reign to be like furries and weirdos and every other thing. Tumblr was a huge trans recruiting ground for years. Like they thought TikTok was like a safe space like that. But it's, you know, video. And so you get somebody going through and just grabbing this content and reposting it other places where it's not as friendly an audience like it's 
that's absolutely what they don't want. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also think that there's part of it that's, it's it's like this gaping wound of humiliation where a lot of them, in just normal Democrats, right. are, are horribly embarrassed by what they're seeing. Oh, yeah. And, and just aren't okay with it. They just they want the valve, the spigot shut off. They don't want those extreme voices amplified because it's just embarrassing as hell. And as a matter of fact, the LG part it's of the movement- It's terrible for them. Yeah, because they're, they're not doing this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's just this 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 craziness. I mean, the, the, that video that I saw yesterday, we, we talked about yesterday- with a guy with a heaving breasts who was holding on to a three-year-old girl's hand dancing. So DeSantis is saying he's going to invest, they're going to send that in Florida, it is not legal to show sexually explicit material to minors and they're going to start going after these drag queen shows. Which like, obviously, obviously, if you or I did that, something that's sexual to somebody else's toddler, we would be under arrest. Obviously. Obviously. Right. And the people running around, I saw a thread today where somebody was saying like, ooh, the tilted kilt. Can you believe they have a kid's menu? They're groomers. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, It's not the same thing at all. It's not. Well, no. One, the waitress says the tilted kilt doesn't take your child by the hand. And she's not, you know, um, strip jointing it up. Um, you know, dancing seductively in front of, and not even... It, the thing is, is that it's not even seductive. It's just gorgeous, ghoulish, her- ghoulish movements by awkward, mm-hmm. weird yeah. men or and pantomiming even- women. Yeah, and like we were saying before, even if it were, like when we talked about the Fenway stuff, like drag queens can wear stuff to Fenway that like attractive women can't. There actually, it turns out, is a difference between attractive young women dressing like attractive young women and like 50-year-old men dressing like attractive young women. One is sick and screwed up, and one is not. Right. I mean, like, and to to pretend that that's not the case is just an absolute denial of reality. So I think, like, people fall into this trap where they even get into the argument about the tilted kilt or the hooters or whatever Mm -hmm. about, like, well, you know, is it the same as or is one more extreme? Like, at some point, it almost doesn't matter if one's more extreme than the other because, like, one's a normal thing and one's not. Attractive women wearing a tight shirt is a n- normal thing. Well, yes. And it, a 50-year-old it, obese man dressing like a stripper is not a normal thing. Well, like, but also, and then this is part of something that, that I think is really the, the point that, that we have to keep in mind, is that a woman, an attractive woman at the Tilted Kilt, isn't simply breasts being carried around by two legs right it, there's so much that goes into a woman yes but the breasts are part of it there's no doubt about that and the legs and curves are all part of it but femininity actual femininity of female sensibilities etc you know this is something that this is something that is all part of the package and that whole package Generally, men are attracted to and will overtip when they bring them the steak tips, you know, during the day. Right. But like the weird gaslighting of pretending that somehow a drag queen is the same thing as a waitress working at the Tilted Kilt. I mean, that's that's serious, serious, just absolute 
like emperor's new clothes stuff well but it maybe That's it's like, also absolutely well, like but, they're testing you and your mental capacity and you fall into the trap if you're like well she's not doing a strip tease so like that makes it okay like because because there actually is just something fundamentally sick about the drag queen wanting to dress up like that well sure and also isn't that just reducing waitresses who happen to have a female physiology to only their you know well she's being slutty too it's like no she's just walking around with a short skirt and cleavage She's not actually doing anything sexual. In fact, she probably is so far in her mind from feeling anything sexual that right, it's very she's obvious. She's working as a waitress in yes, a fast casual got, restaurant chain. She's not she's really got that on her mind. juice on her, you know? And yeah, I don't think there's anything, there's nothing happening there. I mean, it's 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 obvious. They don't they don't teach them to catwalk over to the tables, you know? Right. But you need some space. You okay. Um. Okay. So, so I have one more thing to bring to the table. Before, do you want to do a thing? Because I have one more thing to bring to the table. I do have a couple topics actually, but I'm well, happy let's to go wait to yours, until. Because then we're gonna go to mine. Because mine you do might yours. seem like the macabre. Mine involve dead people. <laughs> oh good. Oh good. Um, I just wanted to bring up. The, so basically, like this stuff. We brought this up briefly yesterday, but the Southwest stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like turning out basically. From what I'm hearing, that um, that it's that it's like an IT issue among Southwest. That it's like their systems went down. Hmm, interesting. I can't do this right now. Um, so they're they've like somehow screwed up the systems of like you were kind of saying of getting people to the places where they need to right. be the flight crews and everything, and they just like it's an IT failure essentially. Yeah, and that like once they got off, they like couldn't get back to normal because they were like all screwed up oof that's that's so, terrible for the brand of southwest because you know southwest was the precursor to jet blue um, yeah and they're i've always really found them to be like super reliable and great and like a great economy price well right air, and that's their whole thing flight. no pretense they'll mm-hmm. mess around with a microphone like they're they're it's you know seat yourself and when since the since the entire flying experience since 9-11 has been so carefully um, proceduralized, at least that was something where it was lax, felt lax. Anyway, that was their whole thing. Yeah. So, but anyway, so but basically we're in like one of the biggest transportation crises that we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. And between that and then like the winter storm stuff, obviously, too, um, Biden is going to St. Croix. I know. I was just thinking about Jerry's show today. He said, Biden's going to St. Croix. Hunter's not going to be there, but his daughter Ashley is. So that's good. He'll have somebody to shower with. <laughs> so. He shouldn't be going to St. Croix. I don't think he should be in a place with his Ray-Bans on, lying in the sun while there's people freezing to death. Yeah, in no. And Mayor Pete, too, shouldn't be tweeting about have a happy Kwanzaa while, <laughs> while he's Pete should Mr. be on the ground in Buffalo, guy. New York. Well, yeah, he's like, I'm on Capitol Hill talking to people, like, and he's, like, giving people crap well, on Twitter for calling him out. Like, he's, like, replying to people on Twitter in an angry, sensitive way about it, about everything he's doing. Just and get in a if stupid you want- FEMA jacket, Pete, and whatever you wear, and get over yeah, to Buffalo. Things like this are supposed to be opportunities for politicians. Look how, like, Obama snow. looked good in, like, Sandy. 
Hurricane Sandy right. or, you know, like Ron DeSantis looked great with this hurricane stuff that happened this year. Mm-hmm. And Ian, is that what it is? But yeah, but no, Biden's going to St. Croix. It's like, la la la. And and like CNN's writing it up like he has some really important decisions to make about the coming years. Did you see that CNN piece? No, on DeSantis does? No, on the Be- Bidens. Oh, Biden. Oh. No. The Bidens. This is what as we're in like a huge transportation crisis, millions of Americans, not millions, but thousands of Americans are in airports right now and can't get home to where they're going and Biden's jetting off to St. Croix. This is what um what CNN writes. The Bidens make an island escape ahead of consequential 2024 announcement. (laughs) President Joe Biden this week returns to St. Croix, one of his and First Lady Jill Biden's beloved vacation spots, seeking a final opportunity for rest before what is expected to be a contentious 2023 and re-election run. As Biden unwinds in a familiar spot, the first couple have visited the U.S. Virgin Islands for more than a dozen years, vacationing there approximately 10 times since the mid-2000s. The work on his path forward intensifies back in a frigid Washington, D.C. Advisors are already preparing the president's annual State of the Union, typically delivered in late January or early February, viewing the speech as an opportunity to lay down the stakes and themes that Biden could adopt on the campaign trail. It just goes on and on. Senior administration officials have once viewed this week's tropical escape as a crucial juncture that would play a major part in deciding his political future. And while the president does still plan to mull with his family the pros and cons of mounting a re-election bid, people who have discussed the matter with him lately say the decision is essentially made. Does anyone remember, by the way, the Ted Cruz coverage when it was freezing in Texas and Ted Cruz went on vacation? Of course. Of course. I mean, that was a bad look, too, though. That was that was a bad look. Yeah, no, but if you're a politician and your constituents are suffering right now and in the middle of a crisis, mm-hmm. then maybe it's not the time. And maybe CNN, you could do something else besides. Oh, like, yeah. Well, I mean, all you have to do is. Puff up his reelection. Well, you're right. Well, you imagine George W. Bush, he flew over New Orleans and didn't want to get in the way. Imagine, uh, you know, imagine, you know, he was uh, on vacation. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, that was happening. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's not great. Another thing I wanted to bring up is well, like, can I, I can I t- okay, just read yeah, it? Yeah, I want to read ahead. something. NH Gale says the whole podcast with you. This is NH Gale. Kim says the whole podcast with you pressuring her to wear this was a bit much. I'm glad she stayed firm. It's nice that you are proud of your wife's looks, but you don't have to show her off by asking her to pose for other men. <laughs> I don't think it's. 
posing for... Ooh, that's the Paige Baranek picture. I don't think it's posing for other men to have that on any age girl. So you are wrong on that. Alice is uh, is obstinate and mean, but uh, (laughs) she has no... Yeah. I've had some... I've had a few people comment to me that they approved of my reaction. Can you let him in, James? Here we go. They're going. The neighbor's son is coming over to play. Um, But, yeah, no... Uh, the the whole th- I've had good reactions from people about ridiculous. What I did ridiculous. Yeah. I stand by. You're gonna you're gonna miss this when I've moved on to Paige Baranek ten years from now, and mm-hmm. you are uh, you know uh, what's that when you're crocheting with your cats? Yep. You're gonna see. You'll see. Yeah. Wish, Morgan's yeah. mad at her too. I know. Correct. <laughs> Correct. I mean, I'm sorry. But so anyway, okay. the other thing I wanted to tell Go you right about ahead. speaking of toxic men is that um <laughs> we? <laughs> we were talking about me uh basically like the um you know how there's these like manosphere people like andrew tate i guess so, i like yeah. i like could not care less about his fight with greta Thunberg. by the way i like they can have each other as far as i'm concerned i like don't care about them but um like some of the things that the alpha males have tweeted this week like make me insane they're just they're just insane people so like one is this guy at masculine peak on twitter Mm -hmm. who tweeted the toughest pill to swallow your girl is never truly yours it's simply your turn right now understand this and adjust accordingly what is that what is that like hardo um platitude supposed to mean to me (laughs) <laughs> I mean, uh, um, is this like harsh reality? This is a transitory relationship. Yeah, your girl's never really yours. It's simply your turn, right? I think it means like she's yeah. being passed around. Is that it? I think it means like you this. Know. You know what this seems like? Is this trying? To, is this guy trying to make me hate women? Yeah, mostly. Like, you know, just know that she's always going to be trying to bang somebody else. So, oh, yeah. you, know, you know, but then this other guy, Bane Frame, said that the biggest red flag is when a girl is based. If a girl agrees with red pill masculinity, influencers won't say names. That is the biggest red flag. Let me explain. Oh, God, it's fine. We got you already. <laughs> you want your girl to be innocent and naive, ignorant about how the world truly works. If she is based, if she understands male female dynamics, then it's too late. She's this, seen too the, much. Is this a, a like uh, a Hans, uh, the um, Gretel's um, boyfriend on Sound of Music? You are sixteen, going on seventeen. You, you are still quite naive. It's like Fritz. She's leaving the country, leaving you behind. You luger, you want your girl to pansy. be innocent and naive, ignorant about how the world truly works. If she is based, if she understands male-female dynamics, then it's too late. She's seen too much. She knows too much. She has experience equals high body count equals massive hole. It's the biggest trap recently. Everyone massive. Has- <laughs> That's what he wrote. You're an X-rated dude, Alice. I would have added to that out. <laughs> it's the biggest trap recently. Everyone applauding. This beast sounds like girl. a dude. Let me tell you something. This sounds like the conversations men who are not with a lot of ladies have. 
Hey, they're dirty anyway, man. Yeah. <laughs> if I ask one of my girls about any red pill or masculinity figure, she should have no opinion. One of his she girls? Should, one of his girls? Yeah, oh. She should give you a blank look and a weird expression and not have much to say. I would never do this, by the way. There shouldn't be intelligent conversation and debate happening between you and there your girl. There won't be with him. No. <laughs> it should just no, be don't worry. cute and talking about BS, not serious topics. You don't want your girl to be play, on the- <laughs> Is he part of One Direction? She don't know she's beautiful. It's the biggest yes, trap. sorry, Mom. Virgin, she girl, knows she's beautiful. Wanting okay? your girl to be and on the same level the, intellectually, she, unless you want older girls with lots that? of baggage. Can you imagine that? It's like, how is it possible to attain the intellectual level of that poster? <laughs> and then he goes, "I am all for being, uh, you know, mildly misogynistic and sexist uh, all day and night." But that guy is what we call a virgin. Why do you want to discuss topics about society? You can do that with men. That's not a woman's role. Let me tell you, if you think you're an alpha, toughy, hardo. And you think you've got your girl in her place, and she's you must naive be looking for a blank world. canvas, a young, like, innocent, and ignorant yeah. girl. If you think that that's who you're dating, <laughs> um, then you're gonna woke up. You're gonna wake up emotionally dead and begging her to take you back while crying. <laughs> Man, that's ridiculous. These people I, like so, charge so people I, money online when for I, their when masculinity I dated the, advice. When I the girl from Malden who was a little older, like told you about who had been with <laughs> tens of yes. thousands of men, I think. She, because she had a very, very heavy accent, Boston yeah. accent, and she wasn't uh, brilliant. You know, she was, when I first started dating her, she was dating like five guys, like five <laughs> of us. And she she got her, I remember saying like, well, don't you think that's like seeing a lot of guys at once? She's like, don't try to control me. Oprah said you do that. Oprah said men do that. I'm like, man, you're dumb and attractive. I think I'm going to commit to this relationship. But no, but I said that. Uh, but I remember her that there was this guy who was going to Tufts at the time, who was a big came from a lot of money, from a nice town like Wellesley or something, and was parents. He was a he was a power. He was about to be a power bro, mm-hmm. and him saying to her, um, "By the way, I've decided I'm going to give you a chance to date me exclusively. You better take this chance. It's not often that a girl like you um, gets a chance to date somebody like me." And like two weeks later, he was calling her every 10 minutes, begging her, crying on the phone. It's like, be, you guys think you're tough guys. and They like could, charge people money online for their masculinity and dating advice. People like Incredible, this. incredible. Uh, okay. So that's why I think that you're going to start to become a masculine. You should become an alpha male influencer. Uh, let me tell you something. <laughs> All the men I've known, the men I've known who are Men, um, what's that? What's the word for that Leslie used once for guys who love women? Lothario. Lothario, yes. All the men I know who have been with the sheer most volume of women, 85% of them always treat women with incredible respect and are old fashioned. And are honest, as a matter of fact, something that I never was, because honesty would never work for me. But were honest and treated them with respect and had the woman, even even if it was a one-night stand, feeling good about it afterwards. It's like, and I won't give names, a couple of you are listening to right now, right now. Mm-hmm. But it's like, looking in the eye, treating her like a lady, like she's beautiful, like she's, what she says is, is interesting, and maybe even actually being interested uh, I know it's not cool for tough guys on the internet to who do a lot of information, <laughs> but...
but there is something to be said for actually showing that you value it. You can be a macho man at the same time, too, but no. Women, I think generally, whatever. This is my own time. All right, so here we go. Okay. So where I dropped Sally off tonight, it's actually my, my daughter. I actually, it remind it's right across the street from an old cemetery. Mm-hmm. from, you know, 1600s. This is old cemetery. And so I've been thinking, as I do these, I walk just about every day, I walk past these cemeteries, and I think to myself, like, what, do, what goes into where these things are? Mm-hmm. Like, and why are they in certain places? I assume that, like, you can't have a place that's going to be, that's got groundwater. You can't have a place, I assume that that's the truth, I, or, or unless they wanted that, or, or I assume that you can't, you got to have a place that, I, I don't think I don't know how many prairies there were in sixteen you know forty six. So I, I assume they had to just cut a piece of land or whatever. So anyway, I wanted to know what went into it. And I did a little bit of research and I found this to be very interesting. The practice of burying our dead has been around for centuries. When this is a actually a, this was a blog for a funeral home. When the first colonists arrived in North America, they followed the practice of Native Americans who set aside portions of land as burial grounds. Although much of the research that I actually did showed that many Native Americans didn't bury people at all. They put them in essentially a thatch enclosure mm-hmm. and the body like rotted away, which was the... Well, uh, that was the practice in most of the ancient world is that you would put people in a tomb and then the body would rot and then you would put them in the bone. You would come back later for the bones and put them in a little box. And you would keep everybody's bones in little boxes. Burial grounds were considered to be sacred ground, but graves were usually not marked. The dead were usually just wrapped up in something and laid in a hollowed out portion of the specifically designated land. When the Puritans when the Puritans buried their dead, a simple ceremony was held. After the body of the deceased was wrapped, a bell was rung to call locals to the burial grounds, which were usually located in the centers of towns. Now, why that is is interesting. The deceased was buried without any grave marker after a prayer was read. There was a practice, the practical reason for all of this. Do you know what that was? Let me let you guess. If you get this right, Alice, I will go return the avocados. (laughs) Uh, Why was it in the center of the town? Why was it in the center of the town? Um, I don't know. Go ahead. The Puritans were surrounded by Native American tribes. By keeping their burial land in the middle of town and leaving the graves unmarked, it was impossible for their neighbors on every side to know how many of the colonists had died. Mm. Their fear was that their town would be attacked if Native Americans saw the village numbers quickly dwindling because of a high death rate. Another reason why Puritan burials were done without much fanfare is because theologically they believed that as soon as someone died, their soul was already in paradise. So the body was just an empty vessel that no longer served any useful purpose. Uh, However, as more people were born and arrived... Christian practice, but okay. So, well, right, but that is, I've got more on that. However, as more people were born and arrived in the colonies and as death rate stabilized from earlier days, burial grounds quickly reached capacity. Not only did the decaying dead emit noxious odors, but they also attracted wild animals and humans in search of precious objects they could steal off the remains. By the end of the 20th century, some of the wealthier American colonists began to establish private burial grounds for their families. They marked the spot of each grave with a marker so that each of their deceased family members could have their own burial place. 
Much of colonial America at that point consisted of farmers. Farmers began to bury their dead in designated places on their farms. While most churches in the colonies did not have graveyards, Catholic churches began to build their own so that their parishioners could be buried on church grounds. The 1700s saw the beginning of cemeteries and graveyards. Although cemeteries were not actually built and named until the late 1800s, Americans began to organize burial grounds and marked the burial places of their dead with monuments. Um, hold on. It goes with St. Augustine. Julian Phil point out that church locations in, were also in town centers, like because they were also used as town halls, and the graveyards uh, often abutted the churches. They, they, that's actually that's that's exactly right. The archaeological record shows shroud wrapped interments. I'm sorry, interments were customary in the city's Spanish colony period. This is St. Augustine. Traces of coffins or coffin hardware do not appear in colonial burials, burials before the beginning of the English immigration to the area in the 18th century. Graves of the Spanish colonists occurred in consecrated ground within or adjacent to a church, as Phil is saying. They followed a pattern of regular, regular compact spacing in east-facing orientation. Mm-hmm. These characteristics, together with arms crossed over the chest and presence of brass shroud pins, are a means of distinguishing Christian burials from pre-colonial Native American burials, sometimes associated with the same site. Hmm. With a notable exception of secular graveyards of Puritan New England, the ideal during the colonial period in English colonies was to bury the dead in churchyards located in close proximity to the churches. Churchyard burials have remained standard practice into the 20th century for European Americans and other cultures in the Judeo-Christian tradition. Early Puritans rejected churchyard bur- early Puritans rejected churchyard burials, like you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. as they rebelled against other papist practices as heretical and idolatrous. Instead, many 17th century New England towns, and we you see these all over the place, mm-hmm. set aside land as common community burial grounds. Headstone images from this period also reflect the rejection of formal Christian iconography. Uh, in favor of more secular figure, <clears throat> figures, such as skulls representing fate of common, fate common to all men, mm-hmm. and you see those everywhere. Those so skulls. people in the chat also talking about um, home burials, like that. You know, in some places you're allowed to bury people on your property if you want. Oh, still. Although some places don't have it, but it's like very some. There's sort of a movement to do it again because it is like better in some ways i think but tommy in new hampshire says he has one in the deed in his land that's wow. that's been unused so wow there he's like zoned for it or whatever but morgan's saying he might need a permit to bury alicia in his yard as <laughs> so. extensive plantations were established to facilitate the production this is the south of large-scale cash crops such as tobacco several factors often made burial in a churchyard problematic towns were located far apart because of they had plantations. Mm-hmm. Geographically large parishes were often served o- by only a single church, and transportation was difficult, the major mode being by ship. The distance of family plantations from churches ne- necessitated alternative locations for cemeteries, <coughs> which took the form of family cemeteries in the plantation grounds. Um, they were usually established on a high, well-drained point of land and were often enclosed by a fence or wall. Although initially dictated by settlement patterns, Plantation burials became a tradition once the precedent was set. Um, 
In the young republic of the United States, the rural cemetery movement was inspired by romantic perceptions of nature, art, national identity. This is what we have now, rural cemeteries, you know, whispering mm -hmm. meadows. And the melancholy theme of death. It drew upon innovations in burial design in England and France, most particularly Père Lachaise Cemetery in Paris, established in 1804 and developed uh, according to an 1815 plan based on the model of Mount Auburn Cemetery, founded at Cambridge, near Boston by leaders of the Massachusetts Horticultural Didn't Society. Didn't we decide that's where William Shattuck is? Oh, yes, I think we did. But unmarked, right? Uh, well, I'm not sure. Uh, in 1831, Americans' rural cemeteries typically were established around elevated view sites at the city outskirts. Mount Auburn was followed by the formation of Laurel Hill Cemetery in Philadelphia in 1836. Yada, 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 yada. So there you go. Uh... Cremation came after the Civil War, after people were worried there were so many dead, they would spread disease. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting. I just wanted to uh, pass that on. I've got some of my questions answered there. That's and great. I think that's How would you like to be buried? I want to be um, buried in Danny from Bill Ricca's uh, <laughs> yard. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. Just incinerate me. Just light me on fire. <laughs> like, you know, next week. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have any, I don't see the use of, like, visiting where my, like, <laughs> well, I'll visit you. fat dead body, why? <laughs> Not there, Alice, I'm in hell, okay? I like just, your fat dead body. No, just go look into a volcano and know that I'm in there somewhere. Okay, should we do the chat chat? The Chelsea Fire Wicked Hotline chat chat? Where is Leslie's audio, by the way? You're supposed to have I don't have audio. it. Yes. Oh, that audio, yes, oh no, she sent me, okay, I'll check that out, Leslie. I'll check that out to make sure it's it's cool, and then we'll uh, and then we'll do it. Okay, are you ready, Alice? I'm ready. Was this yesterday's or today's? Um, I didn't. It's eight forty three. I think is where we start. Wow, eight hundred forty three messages. It doesn't matter because it's not running. I assume that trying to download <laughs> Half Life today destroyed my Mac. Yeah, Macs aren't cut out for stuff like that, Tom. You can't do stuff like that on a Mac. There we go. Uh -huh. Sorry if this is a bit long, but I couldn't help myself. So, if I'm not mistaken, Alice... Okay, it is. Okay, yeah. so let's go to today. Tom has the absolute audacity, the hubris, <laughs> the arrogance to correct Alice with her speech when she said the word... Bulk. bulk instead of balk. <laughs> now I actually agree with Tom. Correct. But I do have Correct. to say this is the I think same more in guy. Baseball, they say that more than who said players. that people who sit and read books at length have the same mindset as people who binge watch Ozarks. Keep in mind, this is a man who thinks his hobby is going for a walk, looking at the sky, and getting chased by a goose. But I do agree with you, Tom. Alice, could you say three words for us? Library, salmon, and indebted. Alice, please. Library. Okay, you got library. <laughs> Debted. Indebted. Indebted. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> salmon. <laughs> you know that hurts you to do. Put the L back in, Alice. Put the L back in, salmon. <laughs> no. But it is library. So is uh, Sally D'Angelo not going to be on the podcast? Because uh, I was, you know, waiting with a anticipated breath, you know, bated breath, actually. That's the term. Yeah, bated breath. Mm -hmm. But alas, 
I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think so either, Justin. Uh, Chelsea Fireheart, Wicked Hot Sauce. There. There's a plug. You Thank still you. didn't do your read, by the way. Well, it's Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce. It's all natural ingredients. Go to ChelseaFireWickedHotSauce.com or ChelseaFireHotSauce.com. 5% go to the Fallen Fireman Foundation. It's the best hot sauce there is. That's it. It's more of a billboard than a lot of the big retails. Mm-hmm. Who's Sally D'Angelo? I think it's this adult video star person that uh, Justin tweeted us a picture of her in a Mrs. Claus outfit. Oh, I get it. But check. it was a lot more modest than the one you wanted me to wear. The one that you agreed to order, you picked out with me online. I looked at That's the ones you correct. said, and oh, I picked it. Correct. I didn't know you intended you me to wear right it on You the balked show. because you know what's true. Tom, you've done it. You Thank found you. your niche. You, I Jim. love your litmus test, which was, and if Tom Shattuck can wade naked into a kiddie pool. That's like, remember in high school, you get those fortune cookies, and at the end, you'd have to put on in bed. I'm going to use that now whenever my kids ask. For something or to go somewhere. At the end, it's going to be, and does this mean that Tom Shattuck can walk naked into a kiddie pool? Honestly, well done, my friend. Thank you, Tim. You see? He's a guy who sees genius, Alice. Mm-hmm. He sees it. Some men see when they're shown. Some men, uh, wait, some men see. Some men see when they're shown. Mm-hmm. Some men do not see. Have you ever heard of that saying? Uh, you told me that before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tim and Kenton did be a favorite today, by the way. He did? Hmm? What's this one? It's at home. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Thank Come you. Come on, Ironhead. It's a Thursday yet. Man, I miss Montante. <laughs> I wish he could produce. I think they're getting along better now. Now that Jerry's on Newsmax, I think they're getting, getting along better. Um, I liked today. Uh, Jerry did step on a great line of Ironheads yesterday, though. He had a good line. Sometimes Jerry You're like it. Craig's biggest fan, huh? Like Craig, I be him and him and uh, Mike going. You're like Jerry. Shut up. Let Craig talk. Well, I mean, I've been a producer, you know, Mm -hmm. understand, and I would like to see Craig feel more comfortable jumping in a little more often. But you know, sometimes Jerry doesn't. Sometimes Jerry misses. Jerry's got a plan in his head, and sometimes he he doesn't. uh, I don't know. Good for him. Newsmax. uh, The Shaddocks are here too. By the way, you know anybody? No. Uh, all right. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's me. <laughs> oh, you probably didn't fall for it. I did fall for it, actually. I thought that first that was Tim and Canton. Gotta be honest. Tom. Yes. You need to take it easy on Alice with her mispronunciations. What? No. Referring to last night's podcast with you belittling Balk and February. <laughs> February. You are an insensitive nitpicker. <laughs> Alice is a loving, kind, compassionate person. Mm-hmm. Phil. Uh, you know, <laughs> Thank you, Phil. I've been around this person in tight spots now. If it's from the squeezing of the hand. Remember the squeezing of the hand? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the turning off of the radio. To the throwing of the cell phone, uh, <laughs> loving and kind uh, has its limitations. Somebody on Twitter just said that uh, on the day when you were arguing with me about wearing the outfit, they wanted to hand me a cell phone. So, <laughs> I have FYI. a dent in my head. Do you see this? <laughs> I have an indent in my head. I didn't even know that could happen. It's ridiculous. If you recall <clears throat> when your rooster was stalking, your children. <laughs> she researched how to humanely slaughter a chicken. It's true. 
She discovered how to put down a lamb, a calf, <laughs> and eventually domesticated fowl. Correct, Phil. I believe it was on a Wednesday that she did away with the rooster. As a result, she could not live with herself. She subsequently went to church. She got on her knees and prayed to Jesus and the apostles. Wow, she received one's... communion and went home. In typical Tom fashion, you mocked the sacrament and suggested substituting the wine and wafer with sandwiches and champagne. Shameful. <laughs> you obviously don't respect Alice. Thank you, Phil. Obviously. What's next? Having Alice neuter your dog? <laughs> Thanks for listening to my gripe. That was a well choreographed and written uh, piece there, Alice. There you go. So that was, those are many shots at you, by the way. Many shots at you. He it. does it with a smile on I his face, but call. he sticks it. He still likes me. So I'm I'm pondering, pondering, I tell you, pondering. If mm -hmm. I give you uh, my uh, address through a, the DM on Twitter, that um, I would not only get um, Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce, but also a severed chicken head. That's that's why I'm a hesitant. Alice, thoughts? I'm out of chickens, Justin. Sorry, we'll find some <laughs> some roadkill that Alice can mail off to you. I'm sure she'd be. She's not above it. Hey there, I actually do appreciate Danny. the ladies planning and mansplaining of the chat chat callers on how to properly leave messages and leave enough of them. Uh, Tom, I thought that was very self-aware of you yesterday to, <laughs> to notice that, but I, I think it's uh, you know valid constructive criticism that let us know how we can make the chat chat a, a better place for everyone. Uh, quick question that I was too yeah. lazy yeah. to write to you guys on Twitter, Please. so probably mm -hmm. almost no one will care about this, but I did notice the episode the other day was titled The Moose Lick Wobbler. Yes. I don't know if I ever heard it in the episode. I think I even listened twice. Uh, just wondering because I have family up in Maine that lives on go. Lake Moose Lake Magantic up in Rangeley. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And uh, I haven't really heard about Moose Lake being referenced any other way. So was curious if there was a connection there. Uh, if not, then this is a really stupid message. But have a great night. So, Daniel. By the way, this is Danny and Bill Ricca. I'll be sure to write out my full name and email address. <laughs> he did, too. That's why I call him Daniel. <laughs> Wait, does, what's his middle name? Do we know? It's Jay. I don't want to totally We'd like him. your social security yes. number if you're leaving a chat chat message yes. from now on, please. Um, so, Danny, I'm glad you asked that. Because, as a matter of fact, since we were talking about fly tying and all mm -hmm. of my fishing has really been done up in Vermont, uh, we were talking about. One time we were in a, a tackle shop that we used to go to, me and my father and my brother, and my father was mentioning the very famous lord, the Mooselik Wobbler, Mooselik Wobbler. And and so I always thought that it was something out of uh, Vermont. But you're right. It is out of Maine. Hmm. It is. I just looked looked at it yesterday. It, was, it is out of Maine. It is from that lake up there, Mooselik Lake or Mooselik, whatever it is. And it is a famous, almost a spoon lure. Uh -huh. um, that is like tried and true, and I remember it was just being considered uh, um, like a sacred kind of lore, and you know, and the people in Vermont and Maine, where they kind of have similar accents sometimes, um, are very they're very in, in a lot of ways provincial and proud. Like Vermont people, like they feel that their sweet corn is the best sweet corn in the world. The maple syrup is the best in the world, I think it is, mm -hmm. and you know, Mainers have the same kind of thing. So. You're correct, Danny. Good call. And I just 
threw that on there even though it was never yeah mentioned. i asked them the same question because yeah. i was like what does this title mean you never said this in the episode i didn't yeah the only other but i assumed it had to do with the fly tying because that's the only thing i could think of um it, so it did it had to do with fishing but i was just, i'm just i always the, the the name of the lore was always in my head and so i could go with that or there was a ta- there was a fly that was preferred by senator george aiken of vermont who's the guy who said we should pull out and declare victory in vietnam and I thought, now that would be really, really uh, obscure. So then we got the Muslik Wobbler. Great catch, Danny. Great catch. See that, Alice? See, my callers that support me are smart, and yours are less so. Who is my callers? You know? I'm just saying yours are based. And well, you know what broads are when they're based. They're not, yeah. worth, the, not worth the time. Whatsoever. Jack didn't call me today. I can't believe it. Anyway, uh, if you want to leave chat chat messages, that's at burnbarrelpodcast.com. That's also where you can find all the different places to listen. We're on YouTube. We're on Rumble. We're on your favorite podcast app. You can also check out uh, patreon.com slash burnbarrel. That's where you can join to get the live streams and extra content each week if you're into that. Um, but in general, we appreciate you and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Say la vie. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.